0: We know where Scott Petrack will be tonight. We'll be sitting on the shores of Lake Erie watching the Browns take on the Cincinnati Bengals in Monday night football in either a must win game or dare I say, are they better off losing and planning for next year? Let's go to the North Homestead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram hotline. He covers the Browns for the Chronicle Telegram, brownzone.com where you can read all of his work. Mr. Scott Petrack. I don't think they're better off losing and going for next year. But, boy, I don't like the idea of trying to make the playoffs right now at 2-5, Scott.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I don't see any benefit to that, Jeff, to thinking about next year, especially when you don't have a first-round draft pick. I, I never liked it when, you know, you tank on purpose and you're trying to lose games. That never never sat right with me. And I certainly don't see the purpose in that if you don't have a first-round pick. I get what you're saying about 2-5. and five, It's tough. I can see a road at three and five. Mm -hmm. I can't see one at two and six, which is why I think this is such a huge game.
2: Uh, Look, can we just, uh, the bigger headline too, uh, going into this and maybe into tomorrow is Kareem hunt. What are your thoughts on this? Should they trade him? Should they not trade him? Um, Do you think that they put the story out there yesterday to try to create interest? What, What do you think the deal is?
1: I think they're open to trading him because the record is what it is. And because he's in the last year of his contract and they have some depth at running back, you know, Dearness Johnson and then Kevin Stefanski said that the rookie, Jerome Ford, is due back after the bye week from IR, you know, an ankle injury. Having said that, you need to get the right price for him. You can't just give away Kareem Hunt. Thank you. that doesn't make any sense. It doesn't sit well with the locker room. You know, plus you have the factor of Deshaun Watson's coming back the last six games. You want to see what he looks like with a good offense, guys around him, and Kareem Hunt is part of that. And if you have any hope of any thought of bringing him back, re-signing Kareem Hunt, that's a lot easier if he's on your roster all season than if you trade him, um, you know, by Tuesday. So, you know, if you got a third-round pick, I would move him because I think that value is good enough. If you lose, I would think about a fourth-rounder. If you win, you know, I think you try to hang on to him because you do want to try to make a run at the playoffs So, you know, they'd have to get the right offer. I think he's incredibly valuable to them. Uh, And I would actually, you know, it'll be interesting to see because without David Njoku, they're going to have to adjust their personnel packages tonight. And I think the easiest way to adjust is by playing Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt a lot. Do you do that if you have in the back of your mind you're going to trade Hunt? Um, It'll be interesting to see what they do there.
0: Yeah, I'm curious to see how much he plays tonight. Will Will that be telling, Scott? Or will we just look at what's happened this year and think he doesn't play much anyway?
1: Well, you know, I think it will be really telling, Jeff. Like, if he doesn't play, you know, if he plays, like, 15 snaps or fewer, then, yeah, I think they're they're Looking whatever, saving him, him. putting him in bubble wrap in case he gets traded Tuesday. Yeah. You know, I know he hasn't had a big impact the last two weeks and his touches have been down, but he's still playing a good number of snaps. I mean, how many times do we get on air and talk about Nick Chubb's not playing enough? Well, <laughs> nobody else is getting Nick Chubb snaps except Kareem Hunt. Right in most games, you know, if there's two-minute drills, you know, Hunt is either right at Nick Chubb's number or a, a one or two above it. So it's not like they haven't been using; if they haven't been playing him. They just haven't been using him as a big enough part of the offense.
2: Is that a mistake?
1: I think so. Now it's tough, right? People complain to Nick Chubb's not getting the ball enough. So, you know, if you give it to Chubb more, then it takes away um, touches from Hunt, but you know, when the Browns offense is at its best, it includes Kareem hunt having an impact. And that's not only inside the five yard line. It's, you know, all over the field. And I think a lot of it, the last two weeks has been circumstance, right? It was his turn on those couple of handoffs where Patrick queen blew him up last week. And it's negative yardage. And it kind of set the offense into that funk that they went through for a couple of quarters. You know, that's just bad luck. Cause Nick Chubb would have had no luck there either. It just wasn't blocked. Uh, so, You know, assuming they're not going to trade him and that he will get normal usage, then I expect a big spike in Hunt's touches tonight.
0: Is it the same situation with Jadavion Clowney, with Greedy Williams, with Jack Conklin?
1: I don't think it's the same. Uh, and, And the differences are your depth at running back. The fact that Kareem Hunt asked for a trade during training camp, uh, you know, I, that's part of it. I, I get the similarities in last year of contracts, and Greedy Williams to me would be next likely to be traded because it's a valuable position. If Denzel Ward is healthy, then Greedy Williams is number four on your depth charted corner, and the Browns like AJ Green behind him. So you can, you know, I, there's an argument to be made that you can trade him and not lose a whole lot, and you'll get something back, and you're probably not going to re sign him. So I understand that. The Clowney and Conklin things are different. Clowney, First of all, you know, he's not completely healthy, although, you know, he's gonna play tonight and it's probably as healthy as he's been in maybe a month. You know, you'd have to buy, you'd have to eat a big chunk of his contract and maybe it's worth it so you get a higher draft pick. maybe that's something Andrew Barry will do. But they don't have like a good alternative to Jade Clowney. Alex Wright has been playing fine, but he's not Jade Clowney, You know, and they miss him. Like when Clowney doesn't play, there's a shoot they really miss him and it affects Miles Garrett. So you have to take a bunch of stuff into account if you think about trading him. And Jack Conklin, I, I like the idea of re-signing Conklin better than I like trading him. Now, I think you could get something in him, you know, for return. Like, you maybe you get a second-round pick. He's a two-time All-Pro, plays a really important position. But, you know, are, are, then you have to figure out right tackle. Do you think James Hudson III is the long-term answer? Hit right tackle? I don't know if they believe that yet. And, again, you're going to want to protect Jacoby Brissett. You're going to want to protect Deshaun Watson when he yeah. plays. So I, I'd be hesitant. I understand the draw there because you could probably get something of value in return. But I kind of like the idea of Jack Conklin being a Brown for the next few years.
0: Scott, I, I do too. You didn't sign Deshaun Watson to come in and rebuild an offense. You, you <laughs> signed him to come in and run a, a what you hope is a great offense. With with that in mind, any chance they're buyers before the deadline?
1: Yeah, you know what Jeff? That <laughs> keeps bouncing into my head
0: too. If they lose tonight, it's hard to make that
1: argument. Although, if you get the right offer and you're thinking about next year, yeah, right? Yeah. If the Jets want to trade Elijah Moore because he's unhappy then. All right. Do you think about giving something up? I to me, I don't think you can rule that out. It it makes it feels like it makes less sense because you know, the playoffs would be, you know, such a long shot. But I would not rule that out. Um, and I think there's guys out there that you'd be interested in. I mean, D.J. Moore in Carolina, could you get him? Like, It's the same position we've been talking about forever. Yep. Is there a receiver? Is there a D-tackle? You know, you're thin at linebacker now. Um, even the defensive end, right? Xavier Clowney is on a one-year deal. Do you feel like you need to upgrade there if a pass rush is available? So I would not rule that out.
2: Is there a mood to this team right now? I mean, I know it's kind of a weird question sometimes. Kind of like, Ooh, how can a team have a mood? But I mean, there's a lot of pressure on this team to win tonight because of what you said. What the? I mean, what the numbers say about trying to play in the postseason if you you know start the season the two and six. So right. I mean, you don't want to be there. So I'm just wondering. Are, are guys walking around saying this is must win? We gotta. I mean, I'm not sure they can say that to you, but. Do, do you know what I'm saying? Is there a feeling of pressure of we better get this done this week?
1: Yeah, I mean, Greg Newsom the second and Jedrick Rose said use the word must win. Okay. Um, so yeah, and you know, Greg tried to draw a line between must win and being desperate. You know, he feels like they're close to to turning this around. I got the sense there's still some confidence in that locker room, it, but I think that's why this week is so important. I think that mood would switch if you're two and six and you have a bye week. And you're coming back with, okay, what are we playing for here? And and I feel like the the players get the magnitude of this game and the gravity of the situation and realize, hey, this is really crucial to how the rest of our season plays out from a playoff perspective, from a trade deadline perspective. So, yeah, I sense that. And Jacoby Brissett said we need to empty the tank this week. And, you know, he said, of course we try to do that every week. But division game, Monday night or bye coming up, I think the players really do grasp that. And I think you're going to get – all-out effort not that you haven't the rest of the season I don't think that's been an issue but I think you're going to see the Browns put it all on the out on the line the question is can they figure out a way to finish which they haven't done nearly enough
0: being a head coach in the NFL is not a, uh, a job for the you know, faint of heart is it fair to judge Kevin Stefanski on anything that's happened before Deshaun Watson becomes quarterback of this team
1: sure I don't think you can make a complete judgment Without him having the quarterback, a big time quarterback, right? Assuming the quarterback that he wanted, uh, you know, we saw him the issues with Baker Mayfield. We see the issues from a playing perspective with Jacoby Brissett um, that Kevin Stefanski's had to deal with. But yeah, you can, you know, you can blame him or put, you know, make him responsible for the game management at the end of the Jets game. I think you can make him responsible for some play calling issues. I thought Atlanta. Uh, some play call decisions inside the 10-yard line were crucial in what turned out to be a three-point loss. So I don't think he just gets off scot-free for those decisions. But when you look big picture, Kevin Stefanski's future, and even Kevin Stefanski as a play caller, I I think you do want to see him with a big-time quarterback for the first time in his three years here.
2: I'm just curious, Scott, what your thoughts are on Kevin Stefanski right now because clearly he's seeing pressure. Uh, and I don't know if he feels like, like – Jeff has said before it felt like a lot of times this year he's play calling for Deshaun Watson, even though he doesn't have Deshaun Watson in there as quarterback. Yeah. And so I'm just wondering, you know, his level of comfort, where he's at. He doesn't show a whole lot of emotion on a lot of stuff, but, like, is he feeling that pressure too?
1: Yeah, I don't know personally if he is. Yeah. He's really an even keel guy, and yeah, that's been – like his whole life. That's I don't think that's any kind of show. You know, I talked to, I remember talking to his dad before the Kevin Stefanski's first regular season game in 2020. And he said, he's been like that since he was a kid. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I don't think he's ever going to show that. I'm sure, you know, you read stuff and you hear stuff. Um, you know, his, he's kept the same composure throughout. You know, I, I think overall he's done a pretty good job. Like I still trust him as the leader, right? The guy, kind of keeping an eye over everything. I wonder sometimes about his motivational skills because that seems, doesn't seem like his personality, but we don't get to see him behind the scenes. I think overall, he's done a good job as a play caller. I mean, this offense is still, I think, top 10, and you're playing with a backup quarterback, and you have limitations at receiver. So, you know, yeah, there's plenty of things you can quibble with. But I think overall, I still I would still have confidence, if I'm the Browns, that, yeah, he is – the right guy for the job. Um, But it's an, it's that play calling for Deshaun Watson thing is an interesting take. Cause I, I I get the argument that Stefanski doesn't make enough concessions for his offense, right. And his quarterback, and maybe you should run it more. Having said that, like, I think he puts his quarterback in a pretty good situation to make some plays. And, you know, sometimes that includes being aggressive. So, you know, from a big scheme thing or a big picture, I'm kind of okay with what Kevin Stefanski is doing for
0: the most part. Scott, thank you. Thanks, fellas. Scott Petrack, Chronicle Telegram, brownzone.com. You can read all of his work at brownzone.com. He'll be covering the Browns against the Bengals tonight, First Energy Stadium.